It's time to dig in and discuss the questions on the minds of today's leaders. You are listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. This is where we get vulnerable, raw, and authentic about the stuff that really matters. Now, here is your host, Kathleen Reeson. Welcome to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and we're here on Inspired Choices Network. And today, our show topic is embracing imposter syndrome. Embracing imposter syndrome. So for those of you that don't know what imposter syndrome is, that's what we're talking about today. It is that feeling that happens, especially in high achievers, when we've accomplished something and yet we don't perceive that we deserve it. We don't perceive that the accomplishments that we have created, that we've actually earned. So I'll give you an example of this. It's when we we are given an award, okay, like a top sales award, and you say, oh, thank you, but it was this and this and this that led to this. It really had nothing to do with me. It's like shoving that award away. Or a lot of executives face this. There was a study that Forbes did that said 79% of executives encounter imposter syndrome at some point. And that is sitting behind your desk saying, how did I get here? Huh, I wonder when somebody is going to find out that I'm a fraud. That I'm a fraud. Those are some of the most common words. When am I going to be found out? And this is so common. I actually pulled a quote. This quote is from Tina Fey, and she wrote it in her book, Pussycats. So Tina Fey is an actress. She's a comedian. She's got a lot of different uh, accolades. And this is what she said. The beauty of imposter syndrome is you vacillate between extreme egomania and a complete feeling of, I'm a fraud. Oh God, they're on to me. I'm a fraud. So you just try to ride the egomania when it comes and enjoy it. And then you slide through the idea of fraud. So that's Tina Fey in her book, Pussycats. And she talks about that concept of egomania, meaning I can do this, I've got this, I'm the queen or king of the world, to, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I'm in this position. So we work our butts off to get where we are, and then we say, uh, why am I here? I don't deserve this, because we forget the hard work that it's taken to get here. And the reason for this, there's actually science behind this, and if you want to know the extreme science and the details, you can go back to an episode that I did back in June. It's on the neuroscience of emotions, and it actually describes the why of this. And I'll give you the high level is because our brains are wired to protect us. Our brains are wired to tell us what's not working, not to tell us what is working. Remember, joy lives in what is working. But we talk about what's not working, and that means that we forget all of the things that happened along the way to get us to where we are. And that's a really big challenge, a huge challenge. So uh, KPMG, I used to be an auditor at KPMG, and I like to follow some of their studies as well. What I found was that they had a study that said 75% of women executives faced imposter syndrome. Okay, so, so men do as well, but for women, it's huge. These numbers are astronomical. And the reason for that is because there aren't a lot of women models out there. I don't mean like cover girl models. I mean that somebody that went before us and said, this, this is possible. 
So remember the glass ceiling and, and some of these concepts, it's the same thing. It's saying there aren't a lot of women in these positions. And so when we get to an executive level position, we often wonder, do I deserve this? And it's the difference between humble and fear. Okay, So being humble means accepting grace and and knowing that you've worked hard, but but this is your accolade. You earned this versus fear, fear, F-E-A-R. We often hear that word as just just as I said, F-E-A-R, but it's actually spelled F period, E period, A period, R period, false evidence appearing real. Okay, humble, meaning I accept the position that I'm in and that I am worthy of this versus fear, false evidence appearing real, meaning I somehow, well, I was fraudulent in getting here. So I'm not like fraudulent about where we got or how we get there. It's about accepting where we are, okay? And so some of the things that I've found when I really researched imposter syndrome and figured out how we can overcome this, the very first thing is about really, you don't have to apply for the job you're already in, okay? So, so the way that I say this, a lot of times when I'm coaching, especially executives that say this, I say, stop applying for the job you're already in. And what that means is you don't have to prove to me, to anyone else, or to yourself that where you are is where you should be. You don't have to prove that. You just get to own it and accept it. And what that looks like is really knowing that where you are is exactly where you're supposed to be. Which means if I'm sitting in the executive chair of a company, then this is where I'm supposed to be. If my nameplate says my name out there, unless you know you fraudulently got there, then this is where you're supposed to be. And for most people, unless you're on the TV show, uh, you know, like Mad Men, I think that had a lot of fraudulent, fraudulent people in there or that, that, who didn't earn their roles. But unless you're in a role where you 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 know you skip steps to get there, then you worked really hard to get there. And so you get to own, that's the first piece. Stop applying for the job that you already have. Own and accept that you're there. The, the next piece is really knowing the signs of imposter syndrome. So it's one thing to talk about it. And we, we can talk about it all day long, but really understanding the signs. So if you feel lucky that you got to where you are, like, oh, I didn't prepare, it was just luck. I'll tell you right now, luck is not a thing. You know, like on St. Patrick's Day, we talk about luck. We talk about three-leaf clovers or four-leaf clovers being lucky. That's not really a thing. There is no luck. It's about focused intention. Like there's manifestation. There's all kinds of, we could talk all about that world, but luck is really planned. It's planned intention and calling it forward. And so when we think about we're just lucky because we've got here, we're forgetting all of the steps that we took to land this space. Okay, so with a job, all the steps that we took to get where we are. So if you feel like you're lucky and you didn't actually prepare for it, really look at, remind yourself what you did do to get to this place. Maybe you connected with people and you went to the networking events and you created the opportunity for yourself. Maybe you put in a thousand applications. Maybe you did the hard work. Maybe you were, I think about the people that, I love the stories where, like in the fast food restaurants, I started out as a fry cook and then I became the person that ran the cash register and then I oversaw the restaurant and now I own one. Those are such cool stories. 
It's not that that person in that case just randomly became the owner of the restaurant or the franchise or whatever it is. They actually started as the fry cook and worked their way up. And so it would be easy to say, oh, I'm just lucky that I got in this position, but it's not true. It's simply not true. It's about putting ourselves into a position. And, and yes, maybe, maybe we something came up that we didn't see coming. Like the owner of the franchise, if we're talking about a quick service restaurant, the owner of the franchise happened to show up and he saw me or she saw me and said, you get to, you're going to be the next person that owns this restaurant. Well, could that happen? Sure. But is that luck? I'd argue that that's about being in the place that you were intentional about. You showed up for work that day. You were seen. So we can always reframe the conversation to say that we were intentional about what we created. So if your mindset is that you were lucky versus prepared, then think about imposter syndrome as something that may be what you're walking through. Another thing is fear of failure being paralyzing. So failure, well, we talked about fear, right? F period, E period, A period, R period. So fear of failure being paralyzing. I want to dig into this one for a second because failure, I've had a lot of failure in my life. I don't know about you, but I've had a lot. And if I look at it as just failure, it's, it's yucky. It's not fun. But if I look at it as there's lessons in every failure, it's really not that big of a deal. So how you lean into failure is so important. And oftentimes we actually won't move forward because we fear failing. I'm in a position right now and we're working on closing up some, some loose ends to some business deals that we worked through last year. During the height of the pandemic, we closed two businesses. And so we still have an ongoing lease on it. And I'm working on closing that up in this moment. And the, the challenge with that is that could go a lot of different ways as far as how we close it up. And it could mean a capital call. It could mean we get out with a legal conversation. It could mean we come to the table with money, not a smaller amount of money than a capital call. It could mean nothing. It just closes. And it could mean it doesn't close. Like there's a lot of different factors there. And if I worry about failure and failure being whatever I define it as, so a capital call, for example, or uh, legal, it's not a route I want to go down. But if I allow myself to be stopped by fear of failure, I won't move forward. I won't move forward. That would be paralyzing. And, and so really learning to embrace that it's okay to fail. There's going to be a lesson in there that's going to set us up for success over the long run. I can tell you quite honestly that over the course of my career, so I'm 39 years old, and over the course of my career, I have lost millions of dollars, like millions of dollars. And it's, it's heartbreaking when you think about it from that perspective. If I just say I've lost millions of dollars, it actually like it makes my, my whole body uncomfortable. But when I look at it and say, I have learned multi-million dollar lessons, <laughs> well, I have learned where, where to grow. I have learned where I have flopped. I have learned what works for me. I have learned what doesn't work for me. I have learned strategies that don't work, which are just as valuable as those that do. And I can now apply those going forward. It's worth it. It's worth it. I can pay a lot of money to go to school and learn those from a theory and a practical perspective. And there's value in that. But there's also value in learning from the flops. 
And so fear of failure, if we sit back and we don't move forward because we don't want to fail, it doesn't serve us. So I'm telling you, just lean into it. And that is the value of community. I know we're not talking about community directly today, but it is a really great way to see how we're all in the same place. And so many of us have imposter syndrome. I went out to the National Speakers Association in Las Vegas a couple uh, weeks ago, and it was this incredible conference. And I walked in, and this is the first time I've ever been there, didn't have it last year in a live setting. And so it was the first time I've ever been to this conference. And I'm around these industry legends, these world-class speakers, these people that I admire, that I have read their books and heard about, but I've never actually met all around me. And I'm sitting here thinking, who am I to be here? Like that, that's what my thought was. And then I remembered, I have a book. I speak. I have lots of, I have, I have seven businesses at one point. I have three right now. And stuff together. And I reminded myself that it's okay to have that feeling of not enough if you reframe it, if you reframe it. And so then I got into conversations with the people around me and I realized this is what blew my mind. I realized that all these people around me who I'm sitting here thinking, Wow, like they're incredible. They're sitting here charging like four, five, six, seven times what I am on the stage. And they have the same thoughts that I do. They're wondering about the people next to them, how they hold up to them. Because the reality is we don't know when we're sitting next to somebody what's holding them back. But if I fear failing, I'll never put myself in those positions. So I would rather go down failing and never move forward. And the people that I want in my life are those kinds of people. And so, so my, my invitation to you is to look at the people you have around you and make sure that a lot of those people, like if you think about your inner circle of five people, make sure that at least one, if not two people around you are people that when you look at what they're up to, it scares you a little. You don't quite understand it, but you want to. That's why I joined the National Speakers Association, because I wanted to be around people that were playing some really big games that, that really kind of scared me. And that growth, that opportunity to see what they're up to, that is invaluable. You cannot put a price on that. And so I invite you to look, at the, look around you and see what scares you a little and lean into it because know that you're worthy of that. You don't have to apply for the position that you're in. You have already owned it and accepted it. And that is one of the easiest ways to embrace imposter syndrome. And that's what we're talking about today. We're gonna to go on a quick break. You're listening to Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. We're gonna go on this quick break and I'll talk to you in just a minute. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world 
knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reason Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reason Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. And on today's show, we've been talking about embracing imposter syndrome. We're listening to your Inspired Choices Network. And this topic is so important because it's something that a lot of us face, especially high achievers, especially the higher up in organizations that we go, the higher up in, in whether it's volunteering, in corporate ranks, whatever it is, we face imposter syndrome. And so now we get to really embrace it and know what it is. We talked about knowing the signs. Those are really important. And often what we see is that we hold ourselves to impossibly high standards. So no judgment here. But raise your hand if you've ever held yourself to an impossibly high standard. My hand is raised because that's me. I have impossibly high standards. And yes, I hold other people to high standards. And I'm working on that. And I hold myself to even higher standards, almost to the point where it could be considered perfectionism. And so that's a place that I've gotten to dig in and realize that things can look a lot of different ways. And being unattached to how it's got to look, being flexible and remembering what the intention is. So on this show, over time, we've talked about intention versus mechanism. Intention being the goal, the purpose, the vision, mechanism being how we're going to get there. The mechanism is irrelevant. We can shift the mechanism into anything that will work. But when we're focused on the intention or the or the intention, the purpose, the vision, you've heard all those words. When we're focused on that then we'll get there. And so letting go of perfection, saying it's got to look this way, it's got to appear this way, it doesn't serve us. It's not serving me and it's certainly not serving you. And so we've got to get rid of perfectionism in order to embrace our imposter syndrome, knowing that it's not going to be perfect. Messy, embracing the messy. I was just on a call right before I got here to this show, and it was about embracing the messy. I, I live in the messy, actually love the messy. I don't like it when things are clean, meaning there's, there's no challenge to solve because I thrive when there's a challenge to solve. Anyone else like that? Yeah, the higher up we go in an organization, the higher up we go as executives, what we love is solving complex problems. And what that means is something that's very clean and it's not messy, there's no role for us. There's no challenges to solve. While it sounds from a, like an esoteric perspective, well, wouldn't that be beautiful if there were no challenges to solve in the world and we weren't needed? I guess, of course, that'd be cool, but our skill set would not be needed. We'd have to reinvent our skill set. I'd rather like my skill set, so I'll keep it for now. But think about that. That's one of our biggest challenges. We love the messy, and there's no room perfection for perfectionism in the messy. I refer to the messy as the messy middle, which means that we are in the messy, the goo, the uncomfortable, the discomfort. Growth only happens in discomfort, remember? So we get to embrace it. And when we realize that, when we realize that our gift 
is digging through the discomfort to get to the other side, when we see that as our gift, that is so powerful. That's powerful. And that's how we really see it. We are enough. We are enough. I have a quote right here. I don't have anybody sourced for it. It's okay. Because it was something that I found when I looked at this Forbes article in this study saying that that 79% of executives experienced imposter syndrome. It said, when is good enough, good enough? When is good enough, good enough? What a beautiful question. When I was out at National Speakers Association in Vegas, I, there was a lady who earned the, the, uh, an award. They were, she earned an award. And she stood up on the stage and she said, in an industry, like speaking, where our, our measurements are based on how many times you speak or how many clients you have or the dollar value that you're earning from the stage, then it can really easy become, easily become a game of getting more, more speeches, more dollars, more time on a plane, more travel, more, more, more. But the real trick is to switch the more conversation to an enough conversation. When is it ever enough? And really being clear on what you're creating because it's very easy to play somebody else's game. And then you are an imposter. So my kids play this game called Among Us. Maybe you've heard of it. And it actually has an imposter in the game. You have to guess which one's the imposter. So everyone's accused of being an imposter until you prove that you're not. Like, how crazy is this? We're sitting here saying, embrace imposter syndrome. You are good enough. And yet my kids are playing this game where, where they're accusing everyone of being an imposter. It's a perfect scenario. But that's just a game. And in real life, what we're doing is oftentimes we can easily get caught up in somebody else's game. Like if I said, I want to build a lifestyle business and I want to earn half a million dollars in my lifestyle business, meaning I don't want to create a 500 million, billion, 10 billion, whatever that is. If that's not your goal, then don't compete with the people that are. I just heard, if you watch last week's show, Mike Doherty talks about venture capital and he talks about the unicorn. And he talks about how their goal is to find the unicorn, the person that's gonna 10X, 20X, 30X, 40X their investment. Meaning if I gave you $10 million, that you could turn it into 100 million or 200 million or 300 million. Because when you do that, you cover all of the other, the, a nine out of 10, you wanna be the one out of 10, the unicorn, that's gonna cover the nine out of the 10 investments that they made that failed. So they want to find the one unicorn. And so in that case, if they do, they have to let go of perfectionism. Saying 10 out of 10 are going to succeed. They have to say it's okay that one out of 10 does. And so while we want to be that one out of 10, that may not be the game that we're up to. I don't know about you, but when I create businesses, I'm not looking to 30x the investment. That's not my skill set. And so if you want somebody that can, that can 30X an investment, that is awesome. And I will happily direct you to someone else because that's not the game that I'm up to. But you want a 10X or you want a 5X or you want to create you know, whatever, a lifestyle income. Like, awesome. We could do that all day long. So see how, and I'm, I'm speaking in hypotheticals here, but what I'm saying is that if you know your game clearly, you know the game you're up to, building a lifestyle business or 10xing, whatever it is. If you know your game, 
then master your game. You're never going to be an imposter in your game, but you're always going to be an imposter in somebody else's game. So stop playing other people's games and just commit to your game. But you don't know how many people I see that cannot articulate what their game is. They don't know what their game is. So know your game and play your game. Don't worry about what other people are doing. I see people chasing competition all day long, but the competition's doing this. The competition's pricing this way. The competition went to market with this strategy. The competition's offering this. I don't care. The way that I run my businesses, I just don't get worried about that. We run a martial arts business and it's growing exponentially right now. There are lots of martial arts businesses in our town. Absolutely, a lot of them. And the difference is we look at them as feeder programs into our, into our program. We, want to, we have the premier program. And so those are our feeder programs. We absolutely want to support them. We want to give them the, the love and the care that, that they, they require. We want them to exist. We don't want to write out the competition. We want them to thrive because there are feeder programs. It's just a beautiful thing when you look at competition that way. When I ran my advertising agency, I did not get hung up with competition. My competition were my friends. Because if we played our game, our games were not the same. We, we, went to, we went to market as an outsourced strategic marketing firm. But I knew the games of each of the people around me and what games they were up to. Because then I knew if I was talking to a prospect and they said, hey, this is what I'd like support in. And I knew what my game was. And I knew what the people around me, what their games were. It was really easy to say, if that's the game you're up to, go play with this partner. But when you become friends with your competitors and they do the same thing for you and they say, hey, if that's your game, go play with Kathleen, go play with her team. It creates this beautiful synergy. Then we don't have this this sense of competition. We all know our games. And so that's what's so important. Know the game that you're playing because you get to be the master of your own game, not the master of somebody else's game. That's imposter syndrome. That's imposter syndrome. The other piece with this is talking about or talking about this, this whole concept with your mentor, which means you get to have a mentor. So if you have a mentor, awesome. I love it. If you don't have a mentor or a coach, get one. Get one. Because your mentor or your coach has been where you want to go or can support you in the mindset and the reframing. And so when they hear, when you're open and honest about what you're experiencing, then they can say, well, let's reframe this. How else could we look at that? Or can lean on their past experience to support you and say, I've been there and here's how I moved through it. And so really opening up with a mentor, having a mentor or a coach is really valuable in embracing imposter syndrome. Another thing is that knowing you're not alone. And I've given you the statistics that show that 70% of executives have the same experience and 79% of women executives. So this is not something that we're facing alone. It's actually more common that you will face this than you won't face this. I shared with you my story about going to Vegas and seeing these really cool, these people that I idolized and realizing that they're in this exact same position. Actually, before I went to Vegas, there was a, a Facebook group that was just had feeds about people preparing for the conference. 
And one of the guys posts about imposter syndrome. And he's asking, how do you combat this? And a lady responds. And she says, I'm so surprised that you posted this. Thank you. She said, I was in awe of you. And she posts a picture with his book. She says, this just arrived in the mail. And I was, I'm so excited about what you're up to that I was feeling like I couldn't live up to you. And here's this guy saying how he couldn't live up to the people. He was having imposter syndrome with, with his peers. She was having imposter syndrome with her. And it showed her that there's probably a bunch of people that when they look at her, they're having imposter syndrome. How beautiful is that when we can see that it's all about, that the problem is about how we see the problem. It's about how we look at the things that are in front of us. Because it's not real. It's not real. It's the power of our mind. And it's this trap that we put ourselves in. And so really talking with a mentor and knowing you're not alone are really powerful steps in embracing imposter syndrome. You no longer have to apply for the job that you already have. That's the beauty of embracing imposter syndrome. So we're gonna go on a quick break and when we get back, I will give you these last few tips on embracing imposter syndrome. Enjoy this quick bit. You are listening to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Talk to you in just a minute. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows, along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Today, we've been talking all about embracing imposter syndrome, and I've been giving you all kinds of thoughts and suggestions on how we can actually embrace it. And, and the biggest piece with imposter syndrome overall is really about how we let those words out of our mouths, how we actually voice what's coming up. So talking to a mentor or coach, you know, really, really knowing you're not alone is powerful in understanding that this is just a mindset challenge. In reality, that's most of, of our challenges. <laughs> like, let's be honest. It's really... Our, our challenges are in our head. And so when we voice them, when we get them out, there's not, they're not as big of a deal. It's like they diffuse. And so knowing that, speaking it and being willing to, and I get that that can be hard. 
because that requires a level of vulnerability. And, and if there's humility in that too, it's not, what if I'm the only one that ever experiences this? But I'll tell you what, I have been in, in so many situations when somebody chooses to open their mouth, here's something that's powerful. They choose to open their mouth and share what's up. And somebody else says, thank you for sharing. That really impacted me. Thank you. So something that like, as an executive, one of the ways that you, yeah, so you can support yourself in this, but this is a tool that you can use to support those people around you because we're always looking about how we can pass on the lessons that we're learning. So when someone chooses to share something with you that's vulnerable and you're in a group situation where there are other people around. So when they choose to share that, here's the tool that you can use. You can say, raise your hand if that supported you. And then the people in the room raise their hand. Raise your hand if that supported you. And so the person that was vulnerable and shared something that they, they risked, they risked to share what they were going to share. When you, you acknowledge by saying, raise your hand if that supported you, you are telling this person that your risk, I get that it was a risk for you to open your mouth and share that, but look at how many people you impacted. And next time you question yourself about whether you should risk, the answer gets to be yes, because when you share vulnerably where you are, other people are impacted in a way that's supportive to them. So we get to draw that conclusion, not just for ourselves, but the people around me, around you. Again, I strongly believe that we have experiences because we get to teach it to other people. So when we experience something, we get to teach it. And so my goal is to share with you those lessons. So when somebody vulnerably shares, they risk what's going up, what's coming up for them. And you're in a situation where there's more than one person. So it's not just the two people around. You get to say, was that supportive for anyone else? And call that forward. So, so let's just say that the person's name is Jeannie. And Jeannie risks, she shares something vulnerable and you hear it and you say, thank you, Jeannie, for sharing. I acknowledge you for, for taking that risk and not knowing how we would react when you said that. Just, just a curiosity, if that was supportive to anybody else, raise your hand. And then you see everybody's hands raised. You say, Jeannie, Jeannie, look at the impact that you made because you chose to share. Thank you for being vulnerable and risky. Wow. I mean, what would happen in this world if we showed up that way? Like, what would happen? That would be so powerful because that is not how we choose to show up in this world most of the time because we didn't know. But now we know. And once you know, you can't unknow. That's a lot of jargon right there. But what I'm saying is that lessons and experiences, they happen to us and we get to pass them on. So all this information that I'm sharing with you about imposter syndrome and embracing it it's not just for you. It's for you to understand it and embrace it and pass it along. So I'm giving you these tools and these techniques that you can use for yourself, but it's also about how we share with people around us. And that goes right into being kind to yourself and to others. Being kind means like not beating ourselves up. Think about how we talk to ourselves, like imposter syndrome. Let's just walk through this. Okay, if I'm in an imposter, if I think I'm an imposter syndrome, this is the dialogue I might be saying to myself. Oh, I'm a fake. Who would ever trust me to run this position? To just those words alone. Now, let's reframe that. Let's say someone says that, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that about someone else. 
Okay, I'm going to say that about you. You're a fake. Who would ever trust you to run this company? You're a fake. Nobody would ever say that to anybody. But yet we say it to ourselves. We are our own worst enemy. And so this whole point about being kind to ourselves is really saying, like, are you kidding me? Stop beating yourself up. Stop beating yourself up. Being kind to ourselves is one of the biggest gifts that we could ever give ourselves. Do you see how mean we are in our heads? Like, what if, what if for those of you that have kids, like, what if we heard our kids talking like that? We would interrupt that. We wouldn't allow that to go forward. We would stop that. But yet we let that role play in our head. So think about this, what I've done to support myself, and this is something that I'm learning on, I'm constantly in the practice of this, is that when I hear that voice, that voice is the imposter syndrome, I label it. That's Kathy. So when I grew up, my mom was out of it that my name was Kathleen. My name was not Kathy, it was Kathleen. But people often shortened my name and they would say, oh, Kathy. And it became this really like, yucky. <laughs> I don't want to be called Kathy. And a lot of it was because of my mom's reaction to it. She was really annoyed anytime somebody would, would call me Kathy because that was not my name. And so I learned that Kathy was a like a gross version of me. It's okay if somebody else was named Kathy. I can love that, but that's not my name. It was somebody else. And we're talking about mastering your own game. Like my name is not Kathleen. I play the Kathleen game. I don't play the Kathy game. And so when somebody attempted to put me in the Kathy game, I got to interrupt it. I learned that from my mom. And so, so being kind to myself, like when I'm not that kind, loving person that I know I can be and that I am for others, when I get into that beat up space, you suck, you don't deserve this position, whatever that is, I say, oh, Kathy, like that's Kathy. She's the one that's attempting to take me down. And I say, Kathy, like, stop it. Stop it. That's Kathy. That's not me. And so when we can look at it from that perspective, then we are managing our mind. Our minds are so complex. <laughs> yes, it's a brain, but it's one of the most complex organisms that exist. And if we don't realize that, we can easily get caught up in the conversation and go into a tailspin. And we don't want that. Nobody wants that. So be kind to ourselves. If you've got to label the, the person, the, that, that voice in your head, label it. But label it as like the, the ugly version. Whatever you see is the, the ugly version for you. Maybe you have a story like me. I've seen people that use height, that use bullies, like, like grade school bullies. If your grade school bully was Benji, name that voice Benji. Benji, shut up. Benji, go away. Benji, I don't want to hear from you anymore. Whatever that is for you, just know, really treat that voice as what it is. It's just, it's not the game you're up to. It doesn't serve you and go away. And it's okay. And when you're having this conversation, I'm not going to, you know, I wouldn't judge you. Well, some people, maybe, but they don't get it, right? This is about managing your mind, managing your mind. So being kind to yourself, it's so important. Another thing that helps in embracing opportunity is being willing to say yes to opportunities. So think about that. If somebody presents an opportunity for you, we go to one of three places, one of three places. One, I can't do it because I can't do it. 
can't do it because I can't do it. So no, I can't do it because I can't do it, which means I don't have the ability. I'm questioning my skill set. Now, sometimes we may not have a skill set. Most of the time we do, or we can figure it out. And the second one is I can't do it because my plate is so full. And the third one is yes. I guess you could add in there like I can't do it because I don't want to do it. That's a valid one. Let's go to four. So we have no, I can't do it because I can't do it. Two, no, I can't do it because my plate is full. Three, no, because I don't want to and I'm a no. And four is yes. Okay, so we've got those as an option. Now, some people attempt to add a fifth, which is maybe, maybe is not an answer. Yes or no is an answer. So saying yes to opportunities. Now, I'm, I also could, could advocate for you to say no. No is new opportunity. No means I'm not a yes in this moment, maybe in the future, but in this moment, I'm a no new opportunity. Something else is coming forward. But in this case, when we're talking about imposter syndrome, what happens when you look at the statistics on career advancement, most, especially women, but, but we see this in men too, most people will not apply for a job if they are not completely applicable for that job. So their skill sets don't exactly align. They're not going to apply for it. Versus like, when we wait for us to believe that our skill sets are aligned, like good luck. So that's why we go to headhunters or or uh, career coaches, because they're the ones that help us draw the connection between where our skill set is, actually is, and, and matching us with positions. Because when we leave that to our own devices in our own mind, we will undersell ourselves all the time. So saying yes to opportunities when it is that first one, no, I can't do it because I can't do it. Like, that's what we're talking about. It's believing in yourself, even believing in yourself to where it's just a little bit scary. I'm not sure if I can do it. Cool. Lean in. Where they're scary, lean in. Understand what it is that scares you about it and know there's an opportunity for you. So saying yes to opportunity is a really big way to support you in embracing imposter syndrome. Just know that our tendency is to say, no, I can't do it because I can't do it. So there's a very big difference there between that and my plate is full. Now, this is not about the topic, but I'm going to put it in there, too, because when people come to me and they say, my plate is full. <laughs> now, most coaches will say, well, let's figure out how we can lessen your plate for you. Let's figure out how we can take stuff off of your plate. But that is not my philosophy. And so I want to land this with you very clearly. When your plate is full, the next step is not to take stuff from your plate is not to take stuff from your plate. The opportunity, hear this very clearly, the opportunity when your plate is full is to get a bigger plate. Get a bigger plate. Don't take stuff from your plate. Get a bigger plate. Figure out how to manage it. And so that, that is a, that's a show in and of itself. We'll do one on that. But think about that. How many times do we say our plate is full? So we start taking stuff off of our plate because we can't handle it. Instead of saying, nope, I'm not going to take stuff off. I'm going to get a bigger plate. I'm going to figure out how I can get the support around me so that the stuff that's on my plate now gets to be with ease. and doesn't require as much from me. And so now I can have a bigger plate. That, my friends, is how we grow in the executive rank. That is how you can run seven businesses at one time. 
That is how you can manage kids and all these others. And I'll tell you what, it, sometimes it's like a juggling and sometimes I go back to the smaller plates. <laughs> it's like a buffet style, right? You got your salad plate, you got your dinner plate, you got your dessert bowl. Yeah, sometimes I'll take that salad plate and then I'll just upgrade to the dessert plate or upgrade to the dinner plate. <laughs> it's a buffet style. But the reality is it's not about taking things off your plate. It's about getting a bigger plate. That's my philosophy on business. It's my philosophy on life. But it's also about when we embrace imposter syndrome. If, if, we, if we are in resistance to imposter syndrome, we don't honor our gifts. We don't plan our own game. We are downsizing our plates. But when we embrace imposter syndrome, when we know our lane, when we understand why we're here and what our gifts are, and I'm not just talking about this esoteric, I mean, how you serve the people in front of you, your clients, your employees, when you understand clearly what your role is, the impact that you can make, why you are where you are, and you embrace that, you'd be going from one size plate to the next size plate to the next size plate to the next size plate, because there are going to be a lot of people that want to work with you because they want what you have. Now you have a choice. You can be stingy and hold back on that, or you can be the giver that teaches. You can be the giver that teaches. And that's the person that I want you to be. That's the person I want you to be. It's all about getting a bigger plate. But that's the piece that you get to remember. We're going to go on a quick break, and then we'll sum up all of this show. You are listening to the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. And today, we've been talking all about embracing imposter syndrome. So enjoy this quick break. I'll talk to you in a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. We have been talking for the last 45 minutes about embracing imposter syndrome. We just, when we closed this last segment, we talked about getting a bigger plate. My gosh, is that so important. I want to leave you with one other tip, one other tool that you could use. And this is about tracking your success. I told you earlier in the show about how our brain is wired to see what's not working. Our brain easily forgets about what is working. And something that happens to me is that I can have a success. I can have what I would consider the perfect day for me. I could have the great experience with the kids while I'm managing work. My clients are happy. I've won a piece of business. Like all these things are going really well. And I'm on top of the world. And then the second that something happens, I forget about all of the stuff that's working. Because our brains are wired to see what's not working. We forget about what is working, especially as high achievers. We easily erase what is working because something that isn't working is in the forefront. So that's a very simple habit. Simple as in it's easy for it to happen. And the way around that 
is to track your success. Just make yourself a little note. I've got notes all around my desk here. I've got just reminders of successes for me. They're all over here because I know that when I track those and I get into that moment where it seems like nothing's going well, I can always go to that point. I actually started a folder on my computer years ago and it's just success stories. And it may not mean anything to anybody but me. When somebody sends me a note and says, thank you, or shares the impact that I've made on them or a testimonial or wherever it is, I drop it into the success stories folder. And it's like a rainy day envelope for me. And I pull it up and I look at it. And over the years, I, I pull it up a little bit less. But when I do, I'll tell you what, the bigger game that you're up to, the bigger the fall. The bigger game that you're up to, the bigger the fall. And what that means is the bigger game that you commit to playing, the more space there is when you get into imposter syndrome and you wonder, can I really do this? If you're playing a smaller game, it's not as, not as far to fall. But when you really put yourself out there and you followed your dream and you've gone after what you really want, what you really, really want. There's a giant area that you could fall into. And what can get you through is opening up that success stories folder, that success folder, and seeing all of your success along the way and reminding yourself that you can do this. Because guess what? If it took us, think about if we were climbing a, a stairway with 100 steps, by the time you got to step 96, you may have forgotten what it was like to climb step one. Because step 95 was so hard for you, your legs are burning. Your heart is pumping quickly. You're sweating. Step 95 was so hard for you that you forgot that step one was pretty easy and you were really good at it. You forgot that step two was just a breeze. Step three was no big deal. Step four, you whisked by. You were running up step five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15. It wasn't until step 16 where you started to say, huh, I wonder what step 17 is going to be like. And then you got to step 17 and you said, hmm, I can feel my buns getting a little bit tighter. And then you went to steps 18, 19, and 20 and think, I've got this. And you go all the way steps 21 through 50, and you really do have this. But at step 51, your legs get a little tired. At step 52, you think, maybe I should have practiced. Step 53, hmm, yeah, the road's getting a little tighter. Step 54 is empty. There's actually nobody on the steps anymore. As you keep climbing 55, 56, 57, 58, 59, 60, you wonder why you started again. You forgot what was even at step 100, you get to step 61 and you think, I am 60 steps up. That's a long way. You get to step 62 and you are a little tired. You're wondering if you have water. Did you bring a snack? You get to step 63, 64, 65, 66, even 67, 68, 69, and 70. And you think this isn't so bad. I think I can do it. I'm getting closer. But at step 71, you get a leg cramp. And you think, this sucks. Why did I do this? And all of a sudden, you're thinking, I will just go back down. 
Why am I continuing forward? And you forgot how easy it was at step one, how you ran up all those steps. You forgot. So 72, 73, 74, and 75, you are struggling. You want to call somebody, but at this height, you don't have cell phone signal. You get to step 76, 77, 78, 79, and 80, and you think, is it even worth it? Why am I on this path? And then you get to steps, your 80s, all the way up to 90. And you say, why? Why am I doing this? This is crazy. No one else is climbing. I want to be done. You get to step 91 and you want to puke. You get to step 92 and it is agonizing. Why in the world did I do this? Did I choose this? 93, you're actually looking back saying it'd be easier to go down than back up. 94 and 95, now you're at step 95. You're saying, I just don't think I can go any further. You forgot how easy step one is. But if you tracked your success along the way, you would actually realize that you got there because you took every single step. And when you got to step 95, you would know the power and the purpose that you put into it. And if you look back and you saw steps one through 95 and you saw how far you came, you would have the energy to sprint up to 100. And that's what I'm talking about when you embrace imposter syndrome and when you know where you're headed, when you know why you set out, when you remind yourself constantly of that, when you get to the end, that surge, you'll have it. You'll get to step 96 and you'll say, I want to get to 100 because I remember why I started. I remember the power and the purpose that I put in and I'm not going to let myself fail. But what I see happen all the time is that we get to step 96, we get to the finale where there's just a little bit left and we say, crap, I forgot why I started. I better just go home. We pack our bags and we head back down the stairs and that is not okay. People get to stand for you just as they stood for me. I'm standing for you in this last push. Think about what that means for you in that last push. Imposter syndrome, that's when it shows up. That's when it's powerful. And I am a stand for you that you know how to push this through. So thank you so much for being a part of this conversation today. This is what I talk about. This is what I love. And if this is something that's of interest to you, you want to hear me on a stage, you have a question, just reach out. I'm very easy to get a hold of. Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. I wish you the best. Have such a phenomenal Monday. I'm here every single Monday. So I will see you next Monday. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Have a great week.